Wake up. Okay, thank you, thank you. Everyone say Psalms 137. I tell you, the more you talk back to me, the faster I go. And this is your advantage and mine too. Amen? Um, Psalms 137. I'm going to preach this morning on He is the Waymaker, um, a, a Babylon miracle, and He who makes things right. Psalms 137, verse 1, before I pray. By the rivers of Babylon, someone say Babylon. There we sat down, and yes, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our hearts upon the willows, the trees in the midst of Babylon. For there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And listen to this from the New King James. And those who plundered us. Come on, somebody. You ever been plundered? That means anybody ever has something stolen from you from the enemy? You ever got your peace stolen? You ever had your anything you own stolen? And it says that those that plundered us requested mirth, which means they wanted joy from us even though they robbed from us. I'll explain this in a moment. Saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Sing us one of the songs. Psalms 116, you don't have to turn there in the Message Bible, says, God is gracious. Everyone say, God is gracious. It is he who makes things right. Look at your neighbor and say, it is he who makes things right. Our most compassionate God, God takes the side of the helpless. When I was at the end of my rope, he saved me. Is there anybody in this room when you were at the end of your rope, he saved you? Come on, wave a hand, let the angels take a picture this morning. He saved me, he saved me. Let's pray this morning and get ready for he is the way maker. He is the one who set things right. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the presence of your Holy Spirit. I welcome you, sir. I thank you for the opportunity to preach these moments, Lord, this morning. I ask for you to open the ears of my heart and open the ears of my brothers and sisters, my family in this room, in this living room of faith. Say what you want to say. Speak what you want to speak. Lord, you're the only one that can speak differently to so many people in the same room. So we welcome you, Spirit of the Lord. I get out of the way, and I welcome you to get in the way. Come and speak to us in the name of Jesus. Let no one leave unchanged. And everyone said... Amen. I don't know um, if you know this about music, but music always takes you back to a time, doesn't it? I mean, music, I was born in 61, and so by the time I got to listening to music, it was the 70s. We were dancing. Um, in the 70s, the music was the best. I don't care what you 80s and 90s people feel, bah humbug on your music. Come on, somebody. The 70s are the best. In fact, on satellite radio that I pay $5 a month, I got it free through COVID. They said, hey, you want this for free? I said, I'll take it. And then they said, will you pay $5 a month for it? I said, I can do that. And so 70s also gets turned on there a lot of times. 70s takes me back to the Bee Gees. Come on, somebody. Barry Manilow, I write the songs that make the whole world sing. Okay. Uh, I write the songs. I just keep going. Uh, Steely Dan, Peg, love Steely Dan. The Doobie Brothers, taking it to the streets. Um, Chicago, Saturday in the park. I think it was the... 
Come on, earth, wind, and fire. I'm telling you, if you go by me on the greenway and it's 70s day, most days it's praying day, but there's a day I do 70s. Earbuds in, and before I know it, I've been like this since I was little. I move when music gets to come. And my mother gave me rhythm. She was a classic musician. She had such great rhythm, and she gave that to me. And I can't stop when the music goes. And if earth, wind, and fire get going, I mean, it's a shining star. No matter who you are And when you feel down and out Sing a song, it'll make you dance Okay, somebody look at your neighbor and say She's crazy, she's just crazy But you wonder why songs take you back to a moment, don't they? You hear a song and it takes you back to a moment um, And music of the 70s uh, takes me back to my sister Who was 18 months older than me My best friend Tammy, one of the most beautiful women on the planet Still today lives in, a, her husband's a farmer in mid-California still a bestie in my soul, and uh, we would sing, and we would listen to it. It reminds me of driving to the beach in Cali because we lived there. My dad was transferred there, had our pool and, and sing, and every day I resist not sending my sister another 70s song, but when I call her before we say a word, one of us starts singing, bet you by golly wow, and then the other one just take off. It's wonderful. Give me a hand for all that singing. Music is great. The reason that music sticks with you, and you're wondering how does this play in, just hang with me. Music is powerful. Your cerebellum, and I'm going to butcher this, so just hang with me. It's been a long time since I took my psych classes. And your cerebellum, and I didn't get this till this morning, they begin to hear things in the brain. And your brain remembers things by rhythm. How many still sing the ABC song? Come on now. Oh, when I'm following A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Oh, it goes in J. Come on, somebody. Because you sang that, and it's tied to rhythm. Someone say rhythm. That's why you remember songs that you sang. And I found out, Chris Verdi, much to my dismay, upon my very short research this morning at 6, that there is an algebra quadratic formula that a lot of algebra professors taught their students by the music, Pop Goes the Weasel. And that people even today that work in that area will sing that song. I am so disappointed, people, because I know nothing about algebra. Come on, somebody. But when I was in elementary school, we learned the states. Did any of you ever learn the song? 50 nifty United States from 13 original colonies. I'm going to write a musical. 50 nifty United States. Da, da, and it starts Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana. I'll stop right there. But when it gets to New Mexico, Josh, it gets kind of an Indian thing. We learned that at Mayfield Elementary right here in Cleveland, Tennessee. One song that we learned that I still can't wrap my mind around my mother let me sing was a song in fourth grade with my chorale at Mayfield Elementary here in Cleveland from Jesus Christ Superstar. This was the song. I don't know how to love him, what to do, how to move him. He's a man. He's just a man. Okay, it's ridiculous. No fourth grader should be singing a song from Jesus Christ Superstar because it was a blasphemous piece of work. Come on, somebody. But music is great, isn't it? Until it isn't. Until music reminds you of that silly little dirt boy that broke your heart. Come on, girls. Or that little girl. Our music reminds you of a heartbreak. Even Christian music can make you sad. Um, sometimes I hear a song that I heard a lot when someone close to me was going through something, a, a female friend of mine, and I will turn the radio off, even though it's a beautiful song. Because the brain immediately remembers the sorrow of that moment. Music is so powerful, the way your brain records it. That's why you remember things. That's why they taught you. And did you ever get biology where they said, the hip bones connected to the... 
Somebody's got it out there. Give them a hand. Miss Melissa. So if you could just sing the word, you'd be good. You'd never forget it. And that's why they sang the psalmist. And then there's the songs of faith. I had a recording, Austin, I wanted to play this morning. We'll do it another time of my family when I was little. We almost played at my mother's home going, but it's very precious and it's us practicing. I won't tell you much about it, but we practiced for like hours and then we'd sing for my daddy preached. And I was like eight carrying the high tenor, you know, and my sister and my little brother, my grandmother, my mother, it was fabulous. I love that I have the songs of faith. Have you ever been in a bad day and all of a sudden you hear Waymaker, miracle worker, come on. I mean, nobody was even singing it on the radio. Come on, somebody. You ever been in the midnight hour and you woke up and all of a sudden you began to sing? What a beautiful name it is. Even if you're not a singer, you go, that's great, Pastor Ron. At least you think you can sing, but I can't sing. But I bet music speaks to you, except when it does have a moment that it might make you sad. But songs of faith pick you up and you think, where did that line come from? In this passage in Psalms 137 this is not a psalmist king, this. He says, By the rivers of Babylon, the ink on the pen was not from people rejoicing. It was the broken, bleeding heart of the exiles in Babylon. Everyone say Babylon. And they said, The rivers where we sat and we cried. Here's what's the crazy thing. By the rivers of Babylon, they hung their heart. Now, I put one of, we have many guitars at our house, and this is Loretta Lynn's guitar. I hope she'll come out in December. But this is a, a guitar I put here against this willow tree. They hung the semblance of their faith on a tree. They, saw, they hung them there, and what they said was, how can we praise God when we don't feel like it? How can we quote the word in a foreign place? What does a foreign place mean to you and I? A foreign place where circumstances are not what you want them to be. Sometimes things are foreign because things change at church. Things change at your work. Things change in your home. Things become foreign to you. And there is a temptation in that moment to say, I'm just going to hang up the semblance of my faith. For them, it was their harps. For us, it's our word. It's our words. It's our songs. It's all that God has given us. What's very interesting is they said, how can we in this moment, everyone say in this moment, how can we praise God in this moment when we have lost everything? I can't track back. I hope to teach Daniel come January. It's my favorite book, one of my favorite books in the Bible in the Old Testament because it's rich of stories, rich of power, rich of the faithful servants of God. But I want you to listen to this. This was happening in the time that Israel had been taken captive. They had been taken out of their land and they were living in Babylon. They were chained. They were slaves. God had said, if you do this, I will bless you. But if you do this, there's going to some consequences are going to come. But little did they know, come on somebody, that they serve the way maker. And the very place of the Euphrates River where they sat and hung their harps. I wonder what your Euphrates River is this morning. I wonder what that situation is that you've just kind of hung up saying, 
This will never happen. Or it'll never come together the way I want it to. This will never be again what it was. What they were saying is, we remembered when we were in the house of God, when we lived in Jerusalem, things were comfortable. We loved where we worshipped. We loved the people we were around. Everything was good. We had our temple. We had God at the center of our lives. But here we are in a foreign situation. I know I've got a friend in the room this morning. I know I've got somebody that has been through a situation and probably in one today where things feel foreign but little did they know where things feel difficult thank you where things feel hard will things feel not the same this whole 2020 has felt foreign anybody with me I mean it still feels like the 13th of February Woody come on somebody we've lost our calendar we've lost everything but I believe what God was saying to them and what God is saying to you they were weeping on the riverbed of the Euphrates little did they know and you'll find out in a few minutes that God was going to use those very waters to bring a king, a Persian king named Cyrus through the water ducts and through the gate and he was going to come in and he was going to take over Babylon because God said those that oppress you may think they are winning for the moment but when I the Lord call it done, call it time I'm going to oppress your oppressors and I'm going to show them they should have never touched the people of God even in moments of disobedience, even in moments of detour, even in moments of a even in moments when we've all walked away from his purposes because we've all walked away God says if you oppress my people I'm going to tell you your calendar is ticking for I the Lord said in Isaiah I know where you live I can grab you by the nose and drag you out anytime Lucifer I can drag out everyone called by you you may be in a situation right now that feels that clamp of the chain but God says to your oppressor I I know where you live. I know where you sleep. I know where you rise. Cancer, I know where you go to bed. I know where you get up. Depression, I know where you make a tent. I know where you get up. Insecurity, inadequacy, perversion, I know where you dwell. Your days are numbered because I'm the way maker, the promise keeper. I'm the one that does all things well. Somebody praise him this morning. God had already gone before them. And this is what the Bible says. It's so powerful. You hear me say this before, Jessica. Every year, every new year, people are like, I'm going to read the New Testament. And I, I just encourage you just to read. Just, just start reading. Start reading today. Don't wait till January. Look at your neighbor and say, don't, don't wait till January. Read now. But Josh, they get out their Bible and they get so inspired, but then they hit those genealogies, those genealogies. Woo-hoo! The genealogies. The he beget her and she, he beget him. It's the ancestry DNA of Jesus. And they hit that and they go, I'm out. I ain't going to read the Bible this year. If it's all about he got, I ain't got nothing out of this. Come on, wave a hand. You all have been there. But right in the middle of that is a powerful passage that said, and these are the children born during the time of the Babylonian exile. Listen, the ancestor of Jesus Christ, the great, great, great grandfather's, God kept the messianic line because he said he would do it even when his people were captive. Even on the darkest moment of your life, God went ahead of you and prepared a season that was to come. God went ahead of you. You see, while they were hanging their guitars and their songs and their Bibles on the tree, 
and they were hanging up being mocked by their enemy, God had already gone before them and walked through the willow tree. I serve a God who can walk through the willow trees in a Babylonian country and saying, I am here, saith the Lord. My people may be in the midst of this, but they will come out of this. Because Deuteronomy 31 and 8 says, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail or forsake you. Deuteronomy 1 and 30, the Lord who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf. Psalms 139, you Lord go before me, for the Lord will go before you, says Isaiah, and the God of Israel will come behind you. I'm going to tell you, God had already walked through the willow trees. I can't understand it, Donna. I can't define it. I can't write a book on it, Paige. But on your worst day, Paige, God walked through the willow trees and God said there's going to come a time that she's going to want to hang her security up, but I'm going to send her to a grief class and in that grief class, I'm going to awaken my spirit in her and say don't hang your hope on the willow tree because I, the Lord, will make a way where there is no way. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house. Don't abandon what God has promised that it will work eventually just because it's not working immediately. Well, I've been doing this, Pastor Ron. It ain't working. Are you giving it time? Just because it doesn't happen, David, in a moment doesn't mean it, it cannot happen. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says the Lord will take delight in prospering you. But here's the deal. They were saying, sing us a song of Zion. And it said that they were mocking them. Everyone say mocking them. But here's the key. Don't lose this. I'm already halfway through going toward the end. Here's the key. Listen to me. The enemy was overplaying his hand because the enemy was saying, yeah, sing one of your songs. He is Jehovah, the God who healeth me. Come on, sing that song. I'm going to try to sing some Jewish songs for you. Make a joyful noise. Woo! Singing to the Lord. Dance before him. Some of y'all missed the good old days. But these Israeli songs. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. See, the enemy was taunting them, but the enemy was overplaying his hand. Because the minute they begin to sing, they're going to activate the power of God. Because when you praise God, he comes into your circumstances. When you worship him and you thank him, praise is at its simple best good manners, just good manners. It's thanking him for what he's done. You see, God was present in our past. He's faithfully with us in the present, but he's always speaking hope. Someone say hope to our future. Isaiah 43, one of my personal ones, this is what the Lord said. I was the first one to tell you help is on the way. By a riverbed, they're sitting, sitting. What's your Euphrates, Euphrates this morning? Boy, my English language needs some help this morning. What's your Euphrates river this morning? What is that riverbed in your life? How could they sit by a river, follow me, and hang up their faith? It's done. We, 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 it's done. It's done. It's done. We're, I'm done here. You ever said that to anybody? I'm done here. That's so dramatic when you're not winning the conversation. I'm done here. Then you slam the door and walk out with a big dramatic flare. Basically, that means you know you're losing. Come on. I'm done here. Why? Stacy, God had already delivered them from the thing called Red Sea. Was the Euphrates going to be a problem? 
God had already parted the Red Sea for Israel's history and they'd walked through on dry ground. It's funny how in a moment of fear, it's funny how in a moment of a situation that we begin to forget. Did they not remember when he visited Egypt with the plagues? God's biggest critique against Israel was that they forgot all that he had done. Or what about when he parted the waters in Joshua 3? But in Isaiah 43, it gives an account. I'm the Lord who opened a way through the waters. I made a path, a dry path through the sea. I called forth the army of Egypt. Someone say the army of Egypt. With chariots and horses, I drew them beneath the waves. You see, Pharaoh followed them because God said, come on, Pharaoh. Come on. He baited him. Come on. Come on. Sometimes your enemy will chase you so you'll never see them again. Come on, somebody. Sometimes those things will begin to chase you once again. And you say, in my mind, it's chasing me. But God said, I'm drawing it out that I can fully deliver you and I can drown your enemies. Somebody give him praise in this house. But Isaiah said, but forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. Look at your neighbor and say something new. He can do it again and he can do something new. But sitting by that Euphrates, Shanice, they forgot all the great things that God had done. But isn't that like us? We take our word and we hang it on the willow tree. We think, well, I'm gonna get, and he says, you going to get that thing out again? Didn't do you any good last time. You going to go into your prayer closet again? Didn't do you any good last time. Didn't turn out the way you thought it would. So, just, so we just hang those things on a willow tree, and we view those things as uncrossable because the enemy's taunting you because he don't want you to pick up your word. He doesn't want you to pick up the words of faith. He knows you will activate. That is the spiritual law of the universe that when you stand before the throne of Almighty God and you begin to cry out for the things you need, it is the law of the universe that God is going to listen and God is going to respond and God's going to turn it. It may be in a way you thought was different, but God is going to turn it. So the enemy wants you to hang your cry, your word, your faith on the Euphrates River when God is saying to Israel, be encouraged today. And God is saying to us, be encouraged that I can. Someone say, he can. Do it again. His word said, again, I will rebuild you. Again, I will visit you. Again, I will restore you. Again, I will part the seas and lower walls, defeat your enemy and fill you with joy. His arm is not shortened that he cannot save what he has done before he can do again. Someone give him praise in this house. Josh, if you'll come help me. Come on, somebody give him praise in this house. The enemy, I've got a little, little path to travel here a little bit, but the enemy, I want Josh to come and play. The enemy is taunting them. And sometimes that's what the enemy will say. Don't, don't, don't pray that prayer. You don't do your 12 steps. It didn't do any good last time. Why is it going to do good this time? Don't give in offerings or tithe. Don't give your servanthood. Don't be kind to that boss that's driving you crazy. Can I get an amen from anybody? didn't do you good last time. So he wants you to hang your words and your faith on a willow tree. Sometimes we're so busy looking for a miracle that we miss the one God's doing right now. Right now. Someone say right now. Praise is just recognition of God's provision in my life. Israel had to be activated. Gratitude if we're not careful, we become to be someone that thinks that we're entitled. 
instead of praising God for what he's done and using our faith to ask him for more. He's the way maker, but many times he wants to make a way through you. He wants you to do those acts of service. He wants you to speak his word. He wants you to believe. God just had done so much for my family financially this year during Corona and everything for this church, but we were hit with a humongous bill last week out of nowhere. Something had been covered up for years and it came to our attention. Oh, I was just like, oh, Jesus. But immediately I remembered. I mean, I got kind of down for a little time. I thought, I'm finally getting ahead and then hear this. You ever felt that way? I'm finally getting ahead and then this. I, I began to just think and I just began to say, Lord, I praise you that you've always made a way. I praise you, Lord, that you've always done the impossible. Lord, I know that you can do it again. Praising him, looking at his track record. I'm going to tell you something. Doubting him in the present is illogical. It's illogical. Doubting is acting illogical. There has to be a time when you think he took me through that. He can do it now. And in that time of them hanging there, there's a part two of this that I decided not to do, but in the time of them hanging there, praise. Somebody, Josh, got it. I don't know who got it, but somewhere in the group, somebody began it because it's all about community. And in that group of people, there always has to be one that starts it. That's always that worshiper, that that faith-filled person, not talking about a singer, I'm just talking about somebody who thinks, wait a minute, maybe that's at your job. Somebody's got to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. This doesn't have to end like this. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this not the God that has done this and that and this for us? Is this, in that moment, that used to be a book that I read that I just remember just now called 15 Second Miracle, and it says every 15 seconds after you hear bad news, that's your, that's your window. How will you respond? You'll either respond with faith or with doubt, despair or with hope. It's a great book and it sold millions, but sometimes my 15 seconds goes a little bit longer. Can I get a witness from anybody? Sometimes it's a night of sleep. Sometimes it's a morning of worship. Sometimes it's a few a day because I'm a contemplator and I just have to, I know God is faithful, but I got to contemplate what I know about Him and get it in there in the inside of me. And somebody must have said, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. That's who you are. And I'm sure the rest of them gathered sitting by the river banks with their faith hung up on the willow tree. I ain't going to sing that. Uh-uh. I'm not, I, I sang that. That didn't work. I did that. We are not God. We don't know the moment that God says, this is the activation moment. This is the moment that I'm going to respond to you. Sometimes we give up right on the brink of a breakthrough. Can I get an amen? We give up. Somebody has to say, oh, no, no. He's the way maker. What he's done before us, he will do again. If you go, if you're in a season of dryness and you feel like I've not really felt the spirit of the Lord. I mean, I felt him so strongly here this morning, but I've been in seasons when I didn't sense him. When things seemed dry, I went on what I knew. I don't go on chill bumps because they are few and far between. I don't go on feelings. I let feelings serve him, not, not him serve my feelings. Come on, somebody. But in those moments that you don't feel anything and it's not there and you're thinking, 
Are things ever going to be the same for me again? I've got good news for you. No, they are not going to be the same. They are going to be better. Come on, somebody. They are. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. They are not going to be the same. They're going to be better. You see, they were thinking of all their losses, because that's what we do. We tabulate losses. They were in Babylon. Their visions and dreams were cut off. And I believe there's people in this room. Thank you, Lord. That maybe feel like certain dreams are cut off. Certain things maybe you are part of or certain things you believe before things happened in your life. Whatever that looks like. I'm not speaking to just hope. I'm speaking to all of us. I'm speaking to myself. And we just kind of give up on dreams and we give up on things and we just hang them on the willow tree. And we weep and we mourn and we journal and we... It'll never be the same. I'll never feel like God this way anymore. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. God says to you, get your words off the willow tree. Get your praise off of the willow tree. The tree never did nothing for you. It's God who walked in the midst of the willow tree. It's His presence that's trying to activate you. It's His glory that's trying to say, don't you give up on that dream. Maybe your dream is just to worship freely. Maybe your dream is to own your own business. Maybe your dream is to find a godly spouse. Maybe your dream is healing. Whatever that looks like or just to sense God in a way other people sense God. Don't you listen to those who are living in chains in Babylon. Don't you receive their words. It is I, the Lord, says the Lord, that has gone before you. He walked through every place and He's right there with you right now. And He will make a way because Psalms 116 said, I love the Lord because he hears and answers my prayer because he bends down and listens. I love that visual. He bends down and listens. I will pray as long as I have breath. I called on the name of the Lord and he answered, how merciful is God. I'm going to tell you, keep calling on the name of the Lord. Keep speaking it. You may feel defeated this morning, but God has already gone ahead of you. He's already walked through the wither trees. We're going to get them out. Don't worry. We're going to get them out of Babylon. He's already walked through every place that feels foreign. Every place that feels different at 59, almost 60 there's some place I think things just feel so different why do they feel so different and he reminds me I am with you he has walked with you every step because we are people that we like comfortable come on somebody you ever held on to a house shoe for a hundred years come on you ever held on to an old sweatshirt when people said I beg you I plead with you by the blood of the almighty lamb that you'd give that to goodwill get rid of it I had a blanket I told you about I kept forever I loved it it was heavy it would, it would put Pastor Hank and I down underneath like a cold when we put it over us it looked so bad every animal we had scratched it up it looked like a scene off of a nightmare on Elm Street it was terrible but one day I'd had enough I picked it up it was so heavy I had to have help to get it to the end of the street and I laid it there and I said bye bye there's a better comforter for me and I'm going down to Ross to find it come on somebody Sometimes you are going to be in a place where you got to say, it feels foreign. And I love my new comforter. And Skylar loves my new bed. Every first thing she does when she comes to my house is runs and jumps on top of all the pillows and goes, oh, I'm at Mimos. She loves it. But it was so hard to let go of that. There's things that sometimes we don't want to let go of because it feels foreign to accept. But until we sing in a foreign moment, we can't get to where God wants us to go. 
That's tweetable, but nobody worry about tweeting it because I don't even know how I said that. But until we learn to praise God in a foreign moment, we'll never get to where He wants us to go. And someone began to worship. Someone began to praise. The reason the enemy doesn't want you to work your faith because Psalms 149 and 8 says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand that they may bind the kings with chains to execute on them the written judgment of the Lord. Why is that powerful? There's a written judgment against depression. There's a written judgment against addiction. I can take time. There's a written judgment against perversion. There's a written judgment against a fear. There's a written judgment against sickness. And when we worship, we don't see it. When we praise Him, and I'm not talking about just singing. The community is powerful on Sunday morning. Um, recently, uh, will you give me five more minutes? Thank you, Pastor Todd. I will go with your five. Um, recently, my father, I told you what happened to him with his ankle. I'm not going to retell that. I told him on Wednesday night. But the two weeks after, he just wasn't the same. He was clear-headed, but he was I just, oh, he's kind of down. I mean, this is a patriarch. He's flown all over the world, written books. He just seemed a little down. I told my sister, and I think the corona was getting him. His church had been shut down. And I was like, on Saturday, I was like, Holy Spirit, I'm doing all I can do. I never said a word. He's my patriarch. And now I'll tell him I said this this morning, but I never said, Daddy, you feel a little, you seem a little depressed. Because it's just not his nature. He took care of my mom, and he's Mr. Positive. He just seemed down, and told my sister, she said, Rhonda, you're doing all you can. I said, I don't think I am. I, I don't think I am. Yes, you are, Rhonda. You're carrying the load for everybody. I said, no, I don't think I am. But I told Holy Spirit on that Sabbath. I said, please help me. I know he's your son. You traveled with him all of these years. Please visit him. I'm not telling you how. He dreams a lot. My phone rings at 7 in the morning. It's Daddy telling me a dream. He just called me a dream about one yesterday morning. But he said, visit him and drink. Please do something. Well, that next day, his church, just last Sunday, had church for the first time. When I went to pick him up, and he came out to the car to go to lunch with me, and Pastor Hank, he didn't have his mask on. Um, he would put it on when he got in the car. He's almost 90, but he just looked different. He had a little pep in his step, and he got in the car, and he buckled up, and I said, well, same thing I always ask, you know. Hey, Daddy, how did church go this morning? When he was how, did, how did it go? What the preacher preached? He goes, honey, I don't even know what the preacher preaches. Exactly what he said it to me. He said, I don't even know. I put my mask on, and I got caught up in the Holy Spirit, and I worshiped, and I prayed, and something changed in my spirit. I'm telling you, I just tears. I was trying to, so he wouldn't see him because I didn't want him to know I'd been worried about him. He said, I'm telling you, I was lost. And then at lunch, he kept me going, I was lost in the spirit. With my mask on, he wanted to make sure he knew I had his mask on. When, when I had my mask on and I was worshiping and I was praising. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I'm telling you from last Sunday till now, that daddy that I know is back and full of hope and full of joy and full of cheer. If you don't think it's powerful, to gather in the church if you don't think it's powerful to get your children in church if you don't think it's powerful to get in this atmosphere you may come in and leave and think you got nothing but there's something in the atmosphere when you get with community when you get with brothers and sisters something happens that cannot happen yes you can worship by himself but God want to deliver these people as a community and together we need to enter this place with faith and worship somebody praise him this morning let me get them out something changed we know it did 
Here we go, and we'll end, and I'll pray for you. It's 12.01. Oh, I'm doing great for Pastor Rhonda. Give myself a steak for lunch. Something happened, and they began to worship the Lord. Someone went and got their harp off the willow tree and sat down and began to worship. Thou, O Lord, art a shield to me. You are the glory and the lifter of my I exalt thee. I worship you, Lord. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is none like you. Someone began to worship you. Someone began to say, God is in the middle of these willow trees. God is in the middle of this foreign place. But I serve a God who parted the sea. I serve a God who was faithful to me and I will lift up my praise I will lift up my worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that's what we would say some would begin to say he was faithful when he saved me he was faithful when he delivered me he was faithful when he healed me he was faithful when he put me up out of a pit he gave me a new song in my mouth many shall see and shall fear the name of the lord somebody praise him in this house hallelujah 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 somebody began to remember all he had done and somebody began to sing to someone else you can stand all over this house someone began to praise him someone began to worship it's like one of us saying this is not how this has to end you got to remember your faith i know you're in a foreign place but you got to remember he is the god he blew his breath upon the sea the bible said the waters stood up and god kept his enemies silent as a stone as his people passed over Someone said he's the God of deliverance. Someone said he knew me when no one loved me. He called me by name when people said there's no hope for her. <laughs> he kept me by his hand. Hallelujah. He kept me by his word. How can I not sing in the middle of a foreign land? How can I not sing by the willow tree? He's the God who's always been so good to me. I'll just lift up your hands and praise him before I finish. Just worship him in this moment. Come on. Just worship him in this moment. Just lift your hands up. We worship you, Lord, for all you've done. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you that you've always gone ahead of us stood in the midst of a place that would feel foreign and you've stepped there you've put your goodness and your mercy there you've laid out a path before us by your strength and by your glory oh god we bless your name we bless your name thank you, you put your hands down for a moment let me tell you something i'm going to pray over you I know this all happened, Josh. Though the Bible really, you're hidden behind the willow tree, Josh. 
because things turned. Someone began to worship. I used to hear my mother in her prayer room say, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'd hear my dad do the vents in my house when they didn't know I could hear him calling out, God, help Rhonda, help Rhonda. They sang in the midst of my will of trees. And I want to tell you, if no one has ever sung over you, Tasha, midst of your willow trees. The Lord thy God is in the midst of you. He rejoiced over you with singing Zephaniah 3 in your willow trees. But how do I know it turned? Because the Bible said that someone named Daniel, one of those that sat there, there's some Daniels in this room. Go get your word and your faith off that willow tree. Daniel stood up from among the captives at some time. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego also were some of those who sat. You see, you're sitting weeping over it, and God's saying, I'm calling you to go go through the fire and be miraculous. I'm calling you to be miraculous. I'm calling to do something through you you can't imagine. Get you all faith off the willow tree. Come back to me, says the Lord. Return to your first love. Do what I called you to do in the beginning. Worship like that. Love me like that, Cheryl. Trust me like that, like you did. Keep your eyes on me. So out of that group rose Daniel, the great man of God. And the Bible says one night, possibly he couldn't sleep, and he gets the scrolls out from underneath his bed, and he starts reading. You see, you can't really receive from God until you get out of the willow tree. He starts reading, and he reads what Jeremiah wrote, Jeremiah, because it was on scrolls, not written, Garrett, at that time. And Jeremiah wrote, ahead of time, someone say ahead of time, after 70 years are completed at Babylon. You see, God knew before they would ever go into captivity what would happen. After 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. Daniel got, he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. This thing's going to end. This trial has an expiration date. This journey's coming to an end. This is not going to go on and on. Some of you said, is this going to go on and on? Am I going to face this my whole life? Daniel found the secret. Oh, my goodness. And then he got out the calendar, and he counted the days. We're close. We're close. Now, God's not going to make you wait 70 years because you're an individual. This was a nation. And Daniel began to believe God for the visit, the performance, and the fulfillment of the Word of God. And right after Jeremiah 29.10, after the 70 years comes 29.11, For I know the plans I have, says the Lord, to give you hope and a future. Come on, somebody praise Him, and I'm going to end, I promise. So what did God do? Because I want to pray over you before we go. they got out of the willow trees and began to pick up their faith again God raised up a Daniel God began to use him in the palace like a Christopher, he wasn't a preacher he was a great mind and God began to use Daniel in some powerful ways he interpreted dreams and come chapter 5 these captives still living there Daniel's been praying, opening his window saying God come on, come on, do what you said you would do come on God, my faith is off the willow tree said that night Belshazzar was having a feast and God wrote on the wall you probably remember that story 
many, many tekel pharsin, which means to the evil king, God has numbered your days and your kingdom is finished. That's what God says to every adversary against you. Your numbers are ended to the enemy himself. Your days are numbered. And that very night, says the word of God, Cyrus broke in underneath the palace through the Euphrates, the very place that we knelt and said, it's over. I'm for it. It'll never be the same. It'll never be the same. I'm just going to hang up my faith. It might not look so dramatic. Mine doesn't look that dramatic. Nobody even knows I've done that. But in that same river where they cried, Cyrus breaks through with battalions and he overthrows Babylon and he delivers Israel back to Jerusalem. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. God can use a banker. Keep praising him. God can use a lawyer. God can use a boss. God can use anybody he wants to use to set you free and get you where you need to be. God will have the victory. Everybody just begin to lift your hands and worship him. I'm done preaching. Come on, just worship him before we pray. Just worship him before we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father, that you kept Israel on tack. Thank you that you kept them on schedule. Even when they went through a detour, even when they hung their faith on the willow tree, somebody was sparked with faith. Somebody began to speak faith. Someone began to say, this is not how this ends. And from those captives emerged Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Lord, I hear you say to some people in this room, as every eye is closed, you feel you are in a foreign place and you've lost something you'll never regain. But the Spirit of the Lord says, I have anointed and called you to be my people. And I will use you, says the Lord, in measures you've never dreamed. It is not over. It is only just begun, says the Spirit of the Lord. Somebody worship Him in this room this morning. Heed that word if it's for you. Just keep eyes closed, hands up, worshiping Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we praise your name, Jesus. We praise your name, Jesus. I worship you, I worship you. Come on, just keep saying his name, just worship him. I just want you, you're a community of faith, come on. As if you were standing by that willow tree and you need to remind God you know he's still faithful. Come on, do that just for a moment. Come on, tell him, thank him for all he's done. Come on, church. Hallelujah. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We bless you, Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is moving through this house. He's moving through this house. Just receive his strength right now. I sense him. Come on, just right. Make where you're standing an altar. He's strengthening some people. He's tightening up. He's also healing someone's back right now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But he's strengthening some spiritual backbones. He's making strong. The Bible says in Daniel eleven twenty five, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But sometimes we forget we know our God. Right now, he's just walking among us, giving strength. Come on, receive it. Receive it. I'm going to pray over you in a minute. We're going to be done. But just receive that. Receive that. Thank you, Lord. Now let me pray over you right where you stand. Father, in the name of Jesus. We willingly today remove things from the willow tree that we've put there. 
Lord, that we've put there. Father, I don't know that I have anything at that willow tree today, but I feel such a heaviness for some people in this room, Lord. Help us to pick our faith back up in our belief in things that seem foreign or different, whether those are dreams for completion of marriages, homes, prodigal children, whatever that looks like, God, businesses, Lord, recovery. Oh, Lord God, let us remove that because you are calling Daniels in this room and Esther's, Shadrach's, Meshach, Abednego's, Nehemiah's, Haggai's, Zechariah, all those minor prophets that survived the exile, Lord. And you kept your seed alive, Jesus, even in the time of detour. You kept yourself alive in our lives. Lord, I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters. Do what only you can do. Awaken their dreams. Speak into their ears. Visit them, Lord. I hear you saying to some of them, return to your first love. It wasn't in a thing. It was me. Return to me. Do the things you did at first. Worship me. Trust me. I am your deliverer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, strengthen every man and woman in this house with faith and with courage. You are the way maker. You know how to part seas. You knew how to come underneath the water ducks where people wept and said it was over. In our greatest trials and the greatest things we've gone through, Lord, that's where deliverance comes. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Can you give him one more praise today? Can you just give him one more praise? Come on, let him hear it. Come on, let him hear it. Come on, let him hear it. Hallelujah!